Hello and welcome to a special episode of Anime Attache. We're a part of the Fundamentals Network and this is an introduction show to all things anime. Uh, but today we're going to do it a little bit differently. I am your host, Bezelda, they, them, and I am joined by, well, the student who never misses a class. Steven, how are you today? <laughs> Hello. I'm doing well. I'm Steven. Uh, he, him. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to for how we're doing this this end of Cowboy Bebop. Um, so for those who maybe like missed our tweet or, or any uh, conversations that we might have had about this, we're going to be doing six episodes smashed together, like six Cowboy Bebop episodes smashed together into one anime attache episode. Um, this <laughs> Cowboy Bebop is wonderful, but it is long. Um, mm -hmm. And it is long in a way that I feel like I just need to know what the ending is. And we are ready to move on to a different show. So we are going to rapid fire um, the episode, any fun facts, our takeaways, and a quick little blurb about that. Uh, yeah. And and part of, so we, we were talking, we were actually supposed to record last week. Um, and how we have done how we do this is we watch the episode together and then we record about the episode. And after, uh, what was it? Episode 18. Yeah. Uh, we just kind of took a pause and we're like, are we enjoying this? And part of, part of media, like we consume it to enjoy it. Right. To, mm -hmm. and, and just, just to be honest, this is not either of our favorite shows that we've ever watched nope. and that's okay. We appreciate the artistry in it and stuff, but we are ready to kind of get through this, um, get to the finale. Um, kind of wrap up these stories and then uh, move on to another show because this is an intro show and, and this is a long, this is a long season. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. So I think we're really learning that like 12 episodes needs to be our sweet spot. Uh, yeah. Anything over is kind of to be watched at our leisure. Yep. A hundred percent. So if we were to redo this, we would watch the first 12 episodes of this show, leave you with our thoughts and leave it to you if you <laughs> wanted to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cowboy Bebop was something else, though, because like the Netflix series had come out. I really wanted to commit to watching the entire thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I've watched some of that series, too, and it was OK. I'll probably yeah. finish it on my own time, but it wasn't worth. <sighs> Let's jump into it. So episode 18, <laughs> Speak Like a Child. And this is this episode kind of reinforces a lot of our feelings. Um, this mm -hmm. was a Faye heavy episode. You know, it starts off, she's gambling. Um, and the boys like uh, uh, Spike and Jet are looking for something called a beta tape, uh, which is factually correct. Uh, we learned at some point that like uh, in the past there were VHSs. We all know those. If you don't, a VHS is like a square thing with some tape inside. Uh, went into a VHS player. They were pretty cool. And then there was a beta tape, which apparently read the data faster, had better uh, video quality, but it wasn't marketed well at the time. So VHSs just became popular. So the crux of beta this episode. Go ahead. Beta tapes were destroyed by capitalism. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and the crux of this episode is finding a beta tape player to play a tape of Faye that was delivered and, uh, you know, the boys really want to figure out what it is because it is a video of when she talks to herself as a kid, um, you know, Faye, and 10 years later, uh, yeah. here's what I do now. I wonder what things are like for you in the future. Yeah. And it was nice. Um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting look into it. It, it kind of, um, like took, took the two dimensional character that has been Faye and made her a little bit more 3d. I, I think it was one of the episodes that did feel like it had purpose, but it also was um, like pacing wise, 
it was slow, mm-hmm. um, which is okay. But but yeah, it was it and it was interesting showing the juxtaposition of Faye, this kid before whatever this mysterious accident where she lost her memories happened, is this optimistic, sweet, fun loving kid, and so um, so there were some I I remember part of it hitting me kind of hard hard of just like the this Faye looking back at who she was for the first time in her memory. Yeah, and that's really beautiful in a way, you know. Yeah. And seeing this really different person, and um, yeah, I think that it was it was powerful. But oh, I like that. Um, and then that was pretty much the entirety of the episode. Um, I didn't have much more takeaway than the emotional kind of connection to be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I forgot the fan fact is a person and just thinks more of more of than just money and debt and gambling. Yeah, Corgi butts for episode eighteen. Three. Yeah, I'd say 3.5. Go okay. a little higher. That's fair. All right. Episode 19, Wild Horses. Uh, this one's a little bit about catching some pirates. Um, we meet Miles uh, on Mars, I believe. Miles a guy who loves sports. Miles picks up Spike on Mars. They're all doing some ship repair, so Spike is excluded from the pirate fishing. I don't know mm-hmm. what you'd call catching pirates per se. <laughs> um, That's the analogy they use, though. It is, and I really enjoyed it because it caught me off guard in the beginning, and then I'm like, oh, no, they're literally catching people hmm. all right <laughs> mm-hmm. uh you know Faye is the bait it was neat you know then they got a virus and then that was alluded to as bacteria and there were some jokes played off of that but the crux of all of this was kind of duhan and this man was spike's like og ship guy uh we yeah. learned a little bit about the swordfish um mm. i thought it was interesting that a lot of the ships in duhan's bay like his hangar bay are a lot of american spacecrafts old models mm-hmm. um but yeah. they're all recognizable if that's kind of what you know he he reminded me of a of like a, a car guy yes. right like the that guy who loves classic cars and fixes them up and has a ton of them and they're all in pieces in his garage and right from the um, like you have somebody turn the motor over and like he's mm-hmm. just out there listening to it like that exact thing you do with cars mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and and at the end there's Spike does get involved in catching the pirates and Duhon has to save him as he's flying an old NASA space shuttle. Yes, legitimately. <laughs> like from our era, which was great. I loved that. I loved the style of it because I was like, ooh, I, I recognize that ship. And it is an allusion to some of the old NASA spacecrafts. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And like Spike was going to let himself die in that moment. Yeah. It's, it's another moment where you see Spike just being like, all right, well, what happens, happens. Um, Jet's desperately trying to save him. Because that's what Jet does. He tells Jet about the whiskey behind the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you put you put this note. I was about to mention this too as I'm reading through your notes. Um, Miles is the only person of color well resent well represented in this series. I was like holding my breath the entire time. I'm waiting yeah. for that moment where it's gonna be like, ooh, oh no, Miles, please. But Miles mm-hmm. was amazing. They did a yeah, great job with that character. He loved the blue mm-hmm. socks. Who doesn't love the blue socks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that totally real team. Um <laughs> no, but but yeah, it was just this like optimistic wanted to to learn and work with Duhan and likes mechanics and, and sports and he, yeah. he got over his fear of flying i know i loved that the the i don't know if you noticed in like the i think it was like the credits or like the final scene where they had the polaroid pictures yes um it had duhan and spike like 
very distressed about like whatever this crash landing was that they had. And he's like thumbs up, Miles super pumped so about it. so happy. He's like directly in mm-hmm. the center. Yes. Yep. <laughs> that Polaroid yep. picture made me very happy. Yeah. Yeah. And the only other reference that was kind of uh, alluded to in this episode, which I had to look up because I thought it was interesting. um, Duhan is the last name of the actor from Star Trek that plays Scotty. Um, (laughs) So it could be a reference or it could be a coincidence. Yeah, it's probably a reference. It feels like everything they did in the show was pretty intentional. Right. I there's it's like a list of all the things that gets referenced in an episode Mm -hmm. and I skip a lot of them because I'm often like no there's no way (laughs) even Miles they're like ooh Mm -hmm. um Miles might be a reference to a character from Deep Space Nine I think it's like Brian Miles or Mm O'Brien I'm so sorry to Star Trek fans I did not watch a lot of Deep Space Nine it's okay we love you we love you Trekkies (laughs) (laughs) um Corgi butts for this one oh god thank you thank you I will forget the Corgi butts unless they're shaken in my face in this moment. Um, on the topic of Corgi Butts, the one thing that I do want to mention is this is a, another one of those moments where we see Ayn take control. When Ed and Ayn are in a ship together, Ayn presses the button on the ship instead of Ed. And it's like a perfect mm. little paw press on the enter button. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So that gets four. I was going to say four, too. I really, I really... This felt like a more full episode. We had the whole um, cast. The whole cast. We had some objectively villainous villains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got we got a little bit. We got a little taste of backstory, as well as like the action. I remember that the the space fight scenes yes! were awesome, and that's part of why it's getting an absolute extra point. Is you know I love mm-hmm. either space fights or like ground fights. The more mm-hmm. dramatic, the better. And um, the fights in this episode, like with all the the harpoons and the hooks. And, like, the, the mono system, uh, there was just so much going on. And it was the kind of action-packed episode that I really enjoy with, like you said, those drops of, like, personal backstory. We got some character moments. Ayn and Ed. I love them together mm-hmm. forever and always. Yep. Yep. All right. Episode 20. I'm going to let you read this title because you speak French and I do not. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. When I saw, I saw the title name before I heard the episode, and they say it perfect. Pierrot Le Fou. Um, which is like the mad Piero. Um, so super creepy intro. Yeah. Immediately, like the screechy sound effects. Mm-hmm. Whew, I was like, okay, this is going to be a horror episode. And it was. It, it was terrifying. It was. If you have any fears <laughs> of clowns, uh, circuses, carnivals, it. do not. Just do not watch it. Um, mm-hmm. The guy gives you penguin vibes, which again, might have been intentional. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that's like literally spot on perfect. The shape, the hat. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had a monocle. No, he didn't. Um, no, but I could totally picture him with a monocle. Like the only thing was missing was like the pointy. His face was a lot boxier. Blockier, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's that was perfect. Um, and then right at the beginning, we have this really cool fight scene. No context given at all. No. Um, and there was like silhouette fighting between this man we'll call him Tongpu or Piero, um, who floats. Steven, mm-hmm. you texted me yesterday. <laughs> Murderous floaty man episode. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I, that's that, And those are my com- completed thoughts on this episode. <laughs> well said, honestly, because that sums up the entirety. Um, to kind of speed through it, Spike gets his ass kicked, but escapes because a cat shows up. Um, you know, mm-hmm. everybody makes fun of him. And then he gets a creepy invite uh, to a party. Yeah. 
at a theme park that is definitely a carnival. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And then they fight. The setting, mm-hmm. I'll address a lot of the things that we see in the background, but it's just like so much fighting and it is so cool and it was beautifully done and the sound effects, the background, the illusions, the carnival, mm-hmm. it was terrifying. And then our dude dies. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the most like... Pitiful. Pitiful and like, almost silly way. Yeah, it was almost like that was the comeuppance he needed. He had that fear of cats, mm-hmm. the giant cat toy, and then the parade of marching well and they mention at one point that like his psychological profile is like a a maniacal kid yes Um, so it is important to mention that this person was uh uh, experimented upon by the mm -hmm. is i s s s p thank you i want to add a lot of letters a lot more letters (laughs) i s s s s i i i i p p (laughs) (laughs) um so they experimented on this person with the intention of making like the perfect uh, uh, assassin. assassin, yeah, and they fucked up because uh, mm-hmm. you know brains—they don't be mm-hmm. easy. So they did—they did make the perfect killer, and they mentally broke him. And so also, it is something if if you have a hard time with with conversation around like mental health mm-hmm. and stuff like that, this is this this could be a potentially triggering episode because there's there's I can't think of a better way to explain it than using words like like he he is actually his sanity is gone. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And so when like the final fight is spike, spike manages to hurt him and he starts crying for his mommy mm-hmm. and then he gets crushed by a giant float. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the weirdest episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't even, did I make enough notes? No, I put it, I put a link to the fandom because there are so many references in this episode but before i even jump into that what like what stood out to you in this episode were there any things that you enjoyed any things that you absolutely heckin hated i mean i overall i just i i thought it was a good episode as far as like um it definitely had me on the edge of my seat the whole time yeah um it was interesting that it was set up by like Spike just walked out of the bar and witnessed this like murder. And so this guy came after him. It's not even a bounty. Um, like, of course, this person no, needs to be like, killed or needs to be taken care of. But no, it yeah. was, yeah, it was interesting. And, but, but also, like, he was going after, like, this clown guy was going after the people who experimented on him. So you also even have like a sense, a, a small amount of empathy mm-hmm. almost. Like, I get it. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and I don't know it, and even like, it, it felt like Spike had a little bit of empathy for him to a certain, especially at the very end, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a theme for Spike of like, man, this guy had a tough life. That the sucks. The whole team, time mm-hmm. and time and time and time again, they don't take in their bounty or their catch because heck, these are people that had problems along the way. And um, honestly, we're just going to give them a break. Yeah. So. Okay. Are you ready for the outrageous amount of like homages, reference, references? Ugh, Hit me. Okay. So first off, um, this is a theme and motif mention that I had to kind of think on myself to be like, do I even believe this? And then after another episode we watched, yes, I do. Um, so the image of unchanging faces like masks is constant, um, both in the animatronics uh, space world, you know, that carnival place, mm-hmm. um, and the Mad Piero's face. Um, which mm. apparently was meant to be like um, a reflection or uh, um, like the opposite of Spike's constant chill demeanor. You know, mm. here he is fighting somebody who has never had it together. 
ever. Mm-hmm. They've never had the opportunity. And Spike is just like this calm, cool pond doing what yeah. he does. So that was interesting. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that uh, that reference. Mm-hmm. Um, the name Mad Pierrot was the fourth track on the B-side of a band, super popular in Japan, called Yellow Magic Orchestra. Um, and the first track on the same side is called Tong Poo, which was the oh. name of the uh, yeah. experiment, the Tong Poo experiment or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. And then both of um, Mad Piero and Tong Poo have been songs covered by Eric Clapton and Michael Jackson. Huh. Um, also, That's I'm. Fun fact. Right? Random fact. Um, uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. There's so many things. Um, I mean, the Joker um, with his mannerisms, the Penguin with his attire and shape. I was going to – I meant to mention that, that he did – he also had some really strong Joker vibes. Yeah. Um, like the, the Mark, ha- Mark Hamill Joker. Yes. Yes. Have you ever heard of um, Batman's nemesis called uh, Tally Man? No. This is like a third reference that a lot of folks have kind of clumped mm-hmm. into this with uh, Mad Piero saying that so like villain or um, uh, Joker, Penguin, and then Tallyman. And Tallyman is a hitman mercenary in Gotham City who themes mm. himself around like old fashioned tax collectors who's m- obsessed with murdering those who owe debt to others. Huh. Uh, so you know a lot of really cool things to pull inspiration from uh, is where this uh, this guy kind of came from. Uh, and yeah. then even V for Vendetta. You know, I don't, have you seen that movie mm. where uh, mm-hmm. man in captivity? Man in captivity. That's a gross sentence. Man in prison who has been held captive breaks out, kills everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of similes. Yep. Uh, and then finally, Spaceland is a clear nod to Disneyland, with many of the characters mm-hmm. in the park resembling Disney characters like mm-hmm. Donald the Duck, Goofy, Pluto, some of the Looney Tunes. There's one part where it looks like Spike kills. Uh, is it Pluto? I think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whoops. Oh gosh. And the, the parade, the parade, so I, I live 20 minutes from Disneyland, so I grew up going to Disneyland and so the, like the parades, I was like, oh yeah, that looks like the electrical parade. That's so funny. <laughs> I've only ever yeah. seen something like that in like movies. Um, mm. but also that parade itself was a reference to Paprika, um, which is a film in t- uh, 2008. I've always wanted to watch it, but I never have. Hmm. Uh, I think that is just about just about everything. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more other references and y'all if you're interested, check it out. Google that. <laughs> look it up. There's so much in this episode. Watch the episode, absorb the references yourself because this it was interesting. I would give it like 3.8. Yeah, I was I was going to say I was gonna say four is four as well for this one. Just just on the sheer like, I never got bored in this episode mm-hmm. at all, and it was it was visually very interesting. So I I can't, and I liked it for the fighting. I liked it for the action, the visuals. <sighs> Story wise, it didn't really like you've got you've got Jet getting some information from his old police pals. Yeah. You've got Spike having a little bit of empathy for somebody who's had a shitty life and Spike's good at fighting. Nothing we haven't seen before, you yeah. know? So this one very felt like a filler episode to me, but I still enjoyed mm-hmm. it for what it was. Yep. All right. Oh my gosh, we are zooming through episode 21. This one I I love for very interesting reasons. So Boogie Woogie Feng, feng Shui. Um mm-hmm. 
such a noir episode. Uh, Stephen, do you want to yeah. even talk a little bit about this before? Because it's such a simple yeah, story. Yeah. It, it- it's really a simple story. It's but like you said, it's very noir where where every it feels like every five minutes Jet's monologuing yes! to a montage. Um, <laughs> it 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 felt very classic in that in that sense. Um I actually this was one of my favorite episodes of the series. Really? Um yeah, and I don't know, it was it was Well, why don't you give why don't you give the summary and I can Yeah, I can, so uh, aside from all the wonderful jet monologues that we get, it starts off with a jet monologue. And he receives a letter from an old friend that takes him to a graveyard of the dead friend who is now passed. Um, he gets shot at. He meets a young girl there um, who is Pau, his friend's daughter. Um, they find out some information. Um, oh, God, the daughter's name is Mifa. Mefa? Mefa. Mefa, I think, yeah. Yeah. Mefa has this uh, stone, uh, this tablet. I can't remember. I didn't write it down. Um, and basically they have to find the sunstone to bring it together to find out the information that Pao was trying to give them. Um, you know, Pao is dead, quote unquote. We find out he's not actually dead. Uh, but it was a really wonderful coming together of like Jet using his detective skills to find the the end of his once best uh, once really good friend. He has to help out his friend's daughter. And then we have a sad moment where like Mefa gets to say, like, I haven't seen you in seven years, Dad. What the shit? And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm glad I get to say goodbye. And then dies. Yeah. Well, and I, I liked that he was, like, what was sort of revealed in that story was, like, because her dad was part of the syndicate. Yes. And basically, one of the things that's insinuated is, like, you don't get to leave the syndicate. Mm-hmm. And if you try, they kill everybody. And we've uh, met the blue sa- or blue snakes before, I think. All the syndicate names kind of blend together for me. Yeah. I don't remember. I might be mixing that up with like Mass Effect, the Blue Suns. <laughs> yeah. Ignore me. Um, but but that he was like, basically, I did this to protect you. Um, and she gives this really nice speech of like, I hated you. And but as I learned the why, like, now I'm just sad that I won't get to see you again. Yeah. Um, and it is it it's a very um it's a very textbook cowboy bebop episode. It is. Where, like, there's not, like, a lot from a, like, larger story standpoint, except it's Jet trying to do his best in space and trying to do the right thing. And everybody's life around them is also really bad. Yeah. I, like, I always enjoy the insight to Jet's life. Again, Mm -hmm. he is probably the most altruistic out of the, out of the crew, um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to place Ed in that kind of a scale, but he really- <laughs> Ed's the freest spirit. He really, or they really are. <laughs> um, I have some Ed comments for later episodes, but it was just nice to see Jet doing the things that he really felt was right. We got to see a mystery be solved. Um, mm. Two comments. Uh, I wish in 1999 we had the word Romani more, uh, more- Normalized. Normalized when they were talking about Mepha's scarf. It could have been addressed a little bit better. Mm. Um, and then secondly, when because Jet and Mepha fell into like a river, and then when they're back on the cowboy or when they're back on the bebop, they're in like their undergarments with like towels. Ed 
Faye and Spike were not making the most appropriate references or jokes, and and then it kind of got pushed a little bit more because Maeve is a young a young woman, Jet's an older man. There was a lot of assumptions being made, but who did that make me uncomfortable? And I thought like this isn't gonna continue, and then it continued. <laughs> uh, so had we done without that, this would have been a wonderful episode. Mm-hmm. And and it's just. It's those things that just aren't even necessary. Like, like it didn't, it didn't add any, any sense of real humor. And, and even if it did, it's not appropriate humor right. either. Um, cause it's normalizing, it's normalizing sort of, uh, predatory sort of relationships mm-hmm. and grooming behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, the one joke I did enjoy was when like the, the main living space became a no smoking zone. Because <laughs> Faye and Spike were smoking, and normally we would see Jet smoking. It's never mm-hmm. been an issue. Ed has never complained. But, like, again, out of the kindness of his heart, he was like, I declare this a no smoking zone. Mm-hmm. And that was sweet. Yeah, as as his friend's daughter is like coughing, and, and <laughs> Faye and Jet are like blowing smoke all over her. Um, oh, it was so good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, not a lot of references to really talk about in this episode. Um, the one thing that I, I did. Google really quickly because I I have you know I I'm a human being with fallacies and holes and uh, room to learn. I didn't really know what feng shui was. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought it was when you move your living room around, um, and something to do with your spirits and energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that sounds like the white people version of what I've been told feng shui is. So a quick Google search basically gave me that it's an ancient Chinese philosophy based on aesthetics, astronomy, and geography used to improve one's life. Um, Mm. And that's really beautiful. And I I can see how it can be applied specifically to other areas, but as an overall, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually, I actually caught on to them talking a little bit more about it about what it actually is in the, in the episode, which I, which I appreciate because, because similarly, like it's only something that um, I ever hear reference to like, Oh, is your furniture in the right place? Which, which I always, <laughs> I always assumed was some sort of appropriated version of that. Mm-hmm. But, but that's never been a philosophy that has, that I've tried to use in my life. And so it, it, it was good to kind of learn a little bit more about that. Yeah. Oh, so how many space corgi butts would you give this episode? Um, I'd say three and a half. Yeah, I'd probably do the I enjoyed same. It. it was cool. There were some cool moments. It was very classic, but nothing yeah. like I'm probably not going to remember this episode in two years. No, no, I, I agree. All right. Well, on to an episode that I will remember just for its utter absurdity. It was. Episode 22, Cowboy Funk. This is the episode that I wanted to talk about. So it, it starts off, you know, like a lot of our episodes start off. We see a villain. He has left a stuffed teddy bear in a suspicious place. And he's laughing while going down an escalator. Spike pops up behind him with the bear. They talk it out. Um, Spike's like, oh, I pulled the detonator. But there's a reference where this man is like, I know who you are. There's two known bounty hunters out in this <laughs> space. Spike Spiegel and Andy. <laughs> yeah, just just Andy. <laughs> Andy. Well, and I, I, so at first when he said that, do you remember there's the episode like, gosh, it's in like the first 10 episodes with the like. Yes. The woman who was married to the bounty hunter. I was like, oh, I wonder if it's her. Is it? 
It was not. Okay. That's so funny because I, I, I just made that connection right now. I'm like, oh my God, no. is there something yeah. that I missed? No. Okay. No, it wasn't. Because <laughs> then this, this, this dude rides in on a horse and, and this dude is the epitome of privilege. Oh my God. Like, yes. <laughs> just. From outfit to demeanor to speech to the horse. To the, the assumptions about like like I just follow my gut. You're obviously the the bounty, and Spike's like, no, <laughs> I don't look at anybody's faces. You can't tell anything from faces. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is oh happening? my god! He introduces himself as Wyatt Earp, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. Um, yep. And Spike gets trampled on by a horse. The 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 explosive man gets away. And I love that I love that um Jet and Faye don't believe him, even though he's no. got like horse prints on his back. They're like, no, that's not sure. real. <laughs> and it was a cowboy. That's why you didn't mm-hmm. come back with our groceries. Cause Spike yeah. did have groceries when he walked into the episode, which I loved. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. yeah, I think they went flying everywhere, tripled by the yeah. horse. Yep. <laughs> oh gosh. So he gets an invite uh to a or I think they take themselves to a, a mm-hmm. costume party because that's where this bomber is going to be. I think his name is like Teddy, Teddy Bomber. Yeah. Um, with the intention of catching this bounty. You know, there's an episode on the, the bounty show where they try to read this guy's creepy. Letter. Yeah. His, <laughs> yeah. And they can't even get through it because like, all right, well, that's the episode. Yeah. So there's well, a bounty on the man. And that's a that's a funny running joke throughout this whole episode is like every time he's like when Spike or Andy is about to catch him, he's like, don't you want to know why I do this? And they're like, shut up. <laughs> We're fighting each other. This isn't about you, Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so they see Teddy at the costume party. He's dressed in a giant teddy bear. You know what? I just got that. That's awful. <laughs> uh, they they would have fought. And then Andy shows up. He puts the horse in an elevator. Mm-hmm. I had like to pause do. that and I had to like sit with it. <laughs> a horse in an elevator. Yeah. I love that horse. <laughs> um, that horse feels sort of like Ayn. Like, yeah. There's something, there's something special about this horse. They know more than they're letting on for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So again, Andy and Spike do get out. They take it outside. Um I don't even know what, what what happens in between. Oh, oh, the the building is going to be exploded, or I think he does yeah. explode it. Well, yeah, he 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 gets he does his crime every single time because <laughs> Jet is Jet hates this guy Spike. so much, and or excuse me, Spike hates this guy so much, and Jet and Faye are like, he's actually kind of you. Oh my god, um, yes, <laughs> legitimately, Faye just like that's you. That's just a hundred percent you. Yeah, you just leave destruction in your wake and like <laughs> and complete chaos. And there's this chase scene that you'd expect it to be about them chasing the bounty, um, which the bounty thinks it is a- about him as well, until it's actually. Andy chasing Spike and vice versa as they're just like destroying this city. Um, and it it really pisses off the teddy bomber. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. So in the end, Faye catches the teddy bomber. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have this beautiful finale on the top of the roof where those two boys have run up the roof because they were trapped in an elevator, which was exploded and the, like the building was compromised and they fight on the roof. It's like this ridiculous, beautiful, like, it's like fighting your perfect match. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. <laughs> and then 
Andy is like, I don't, I, I don't want to be a cowboy anymore. He gives yeah. like he the, the the hat lands on Spike, and he does like as the sun setting, he turns to Spike and he says the words, "See you, space cowboy." Yep. And I died. <laughs> <laughs> ah. It was that was honestly one of the most absurd episodes <laughs> in this show. Like, I the amount of like caricature that Andy was right. was. <laughs> The worst and ridiculous. best part about this, though, is this was the episode that was pulled from the U.S. because it aired not too long after the the bombing in the U.S. with the Twin Towers. Oh, that makes sense. That would not be <laughs> right. This would not be a great episode for that. Right? There time. was gen- there were three towers that were bombed. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the destruction of a city, and then at the like the end, the the bomber is in jail, or he's in like this transport truck with the prison guard, and the guard's like, "So why why did you do it? What was your motivation?" Yeah, and it's just like I hate capitalism. <laughs> yeah, my favorite part is he like he he the teddy bomber like looks out the window and says something to the effect of, "And I guess it was all meaningless, anyways." <laughs> As we see the ex. Uh, Cowboy Andy now turned Samurai Andy. He's given himself a new name. He's renamed the horse, and he's going to go off on brand new Samurai adventures. That white guy is appropriating a culture. Oh, just anything he can get his hands on. Who could have seen that coming? (laughs) Um. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Speaking of cultural appropriation, I don't know if you took a look, but, like, when they were introducing the costume party, I would say, like, 80% of the costumes should have just been deleted. I I didn't I wasn't paying close attention, but that does not surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all all bad, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I didn't in the U.S. version uh, of this episode had it aired. Um, Jet his costume like his his like peace love hippie guy. He had a pot leaf on his shirt, and they had to change that. Um, in the U.S. version to, like, a peace sign. So in yeah, our yeah. version, we got to see. It was really cool. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and his wig that he wore that, like, I had yeah. on his head at some point while he was running around. I I also love that Jet, like, Jet stayed in character for a while yes. as the hippie guy. Like, even, a- even after they confronted the, um, the, the bomber. bomber. <laughs> oh, um, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Corgi butts for you on this one. 4.5? Oh, wow. Honestly, was, it made me laugh. It had good combat. I kind of learned about the characters in the sense that, like, Spike is a mess, but can't mm. handle anybody else being messier than him. Mm. Um, and I got to see Ayn with a hippie, like a hippie wig on on the dog's head. So that's fair. That's fair. That's that was five good things right there, and I'm giving it a four point five. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna give it a three point five again because it just like. And I think so. Here, here's where we can tie in why we're doing this episode, right? Is I think if this wasn't episode 22 and it was episode 12, I would care about it more. Yes. Um. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Because where's the payoff for something like this? Yes, exactly. When it's like the sixth episode in a row, that's like it does technically give us a glimpse into the characters a little bit. Nothing we didn't already know. It really isn't. It really isn't significant mm-hmm. from the from the overarching story of who these characters are, in my opinion. No, that makes a lot of sense. I think I was just really fixated on the fact that we got a horse boy. 
And like Faye kind of went on a date with Horseboy and it was just, I've never seen anything so ridiculous and majestic and horrible at the same time. (laughs) Like this is the episode that will stay with me in like four years from now, I'm going to reflect back like, I remember Cowboy Bebop because in four years I'm an old, an old grand person. (laughs) There was that episode with Spike had a clone. The world's aging us quickly. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh! Well, yeah. Any any other commentary about this episode? Like anything that kind of that did stand out to you that you might have enjoyed? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fair, though. That really is. Yeah. All right. Well, this is going to bring up then our final episode uh, for this episode of Cowboy Bebop. That's saying the word episode far too many times. But uh, here <laughs> we are for episode twenty three, Brain Scratch. Um. We get another creepy-ass intro. Static, Mm -hmm. strange man's voice, ominous music, and, like, record scratch. And it's Mm -hmm. this this company? So, Scratch is a a cult, a a teaching, Mm -hmm. a a religion. Uh, Sorry, sorry, I don't know if this will offend anybody, but it's it's Cowboy Bebop Scientology. Yes, yes. One hundo. One hundo P. <laughs> that is the best way to describe it. I'm trying to like mm-hmm. think of like words around that, but that is the perfect comparison. Yeah. Um Yeah, so like the cult like the 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 entirety of this cult though is what they want is your uh your humanity needs to leave your body and join the infinite sea of electrons. Yeah. Bullshit, right? Uh, basically yeah, they most kill of us you. would call that dying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That is what it is. <laughs> it is a fancy way of saying dead. Um, yeah. And like so many people have died by joining this cult, but they're still like, it's still being broadcast. There's a lot of television control, it yeah. seems. And, um, and and advertisements. It's yeah. it's all like these commercials that are very like, join Scratch. And, and it's that, it's that like very um, spiritual sounding voice mm-hmm. sort of sort of a thing yeah just it's very culty that soft breathy voice that always just makes you want to join the things that they're talking about because it sounds soothing safe and nobody's going to die <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly that, um, that might be my clip that i used for this episode <laughs> please <laughs> um, um, yeah. To like sum this episode up, because it's really basic again. Like Faye, enjoy- Faye joins the cult, messes up. She wants to pay off her debt. Sends a very half message to the team. She's in trouble. The boys try to help. They find a variety of ways to do it. Um, basically, it ends up with uh, Jet and Ed in the hospital. Ed. Um, Ayn is at home with this game system using the doggy's brain to acquire the information, <laughs> and Spike is where Faye was. There's a bunch of dead bodies around her. There's a screen. We talked to Lond. Um, Lond was this the figurehead, the voice, the and we find mm-hmm. out Lond isn't real. Lond is just a computer program, essentially. Yeah, it's just pixels. It's just somebody's dreaming digitized version and we catch the scene of jet in the hospital and he puts the cuffs on the real hacker who's in a coma they mm-hmm. use the word uh 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 vegetable and that also mm. caught me off guard i'm like you are reading the papers it will say a coma state come on jet <laughs> um mm-hmm. but then they don't arrest the kid well he's not a kid anymore he's a young man yeah. because what's he gonna do 
he's in a coma. He's not mm-hmm. trying to do bad things. Sure, a bunch of people died because they joined this, but the answer would be to shut down the program and uh, re- redirect his dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this, this episode was interesting. I thought that... So I think I think one of the themes that I feel have come through that have have kind of pushed me away from like falling in love with this show is a lot of the scenes just feel like they go on a minute too long. Yeah. Right. And so like in the beginning, it had all those it like kept flashing through TV channels for too long. Exactly. (laughs) Like like with the first two or three, they made their point. Mm hmm. And, and then, then I thought, like, like, was the whole episode going to be that? And then it that's, wasn't. Yeah, that's that is literally exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, this is, <laughs> oh, this is going to be really interesting to see it through like the TV show. Like, I wonder if like the bounty show is going to pop up at some point with it or whatever. And then I was like, oh no, it's just exactly. I was ready to write that out. It's just a really long intro. Okay. Um, the I will say that the one scene that I kind of enjoyed was. From its like creepy and um, animation factor was when all those screens turned on, like all those staticky screens, yeah, um, that like sort of hypnotized Faye. I thought that was really interesting. For me, it was this like the high static when Jet puts on the ha- the gaming headset, um, mm. and he's like, "Oh, they're not even gonna take my data. I don't have to upload anything." And all he did was like press start, and then you hear that high pitched sound. Mm-hmm. and it uh hu- humans uh us on earth in this year there's a conspiracy theory um that exists i'm only loosely familiar with it where like there's a high-pitched frequency sound that kills people that was like created by the military so it made me think of that immediately like i wonder if that was the inspiration it's not mentioned or anything but i'm googling that right now <laughs> I listen to a, po- a couple of podcasts. Like, I, I listen to some conspiracy podcasts every now and then. I just like to know what people are worried about. Like, what's hmm. the most irrational thing that we can be afraid of that might be rooted in a basis of reality, but has been so stretched out that it doesn't make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I, I did like the Iron Saves, Iron Saves Jet by biting him. Because no. Iron's the only one who's catching on that things are going bad very quickly. Um, and that's, I mean, I, this was probably one of my least favorite episodes. Okay, hold on. Did okay. you not see the name? There's two names. Jet, when he logs into the game system, he calls himself, what was it, like Banana Masher? Marshall Banana. Yeah. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then when Ein logs in, they he uses the name Gina Sansbody. Which I, that's not a reference to anything, but I thought it was very, very interesting. Like you, you're a dog and you chose, <laughs> like, is that your own name? And it wasn't even addressed <laughs> at all. Like that entire thing is just like, uh, Ed puts up, uh, puts up her hands because she's like, oh, I'm not doing anything. It's all, it's all the dog. Yeah. Uh, so. I also, I will say, I think it's in this one where it shows it. I like how Ed hacks. Like, I like the animation for how Ed hacks. It's like, <laughs> it's literally like floating through cyberspace. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fun for me. All of the, like the little smiley, angry faces. Yeah. Those are excellent. Um, mm-hmm. And then we got to see Ed in a dress when they went to the hospital. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Papa. Oh, <laughs> Papa. <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous. And then poor Jad to be like, uh, my child is sick. Let me tell you the story of how they lost their long lost brother. And the, the guard like starts crying. 
Like, that is what I love. It's moments mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, and it, this episode didn't share a lot of it. Like, that was pretty much, those were my favorite moments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Corgi butt-wise for me, this was only a two. Like, it just felt so long. I'm going to give it a 2.5 because mm. I got to see Ein do the smartest shit. Like, this was mm. hacking into, it was just, it was beautiful. And this validates mm. my conversation about Ein being the smartest that I've been saying since episode one, but couldn't <laughs> distinctly prove it, you know? Now we have the proof. <laughs> like, the intangible, or yeah, like the the uh, irrefutable proof. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's the only other things to kind of talk about with this episode was um, Scratch is kind of a reference to the Heaven's Gate cult, um, hmm. where they had like the mass suicide in 1997. Um, there was an ad for Tomb Raider or a game that looked like Tomb Raider in one of the oh, I uh, missed it. <laughs> one of the commercials, <laughs> which I liked. And um, and then again, the the consequence of having your mind kind of live on the internet and use it for using like and then be able to damage that way that is um a plot story point that has been pulled from ghost in the shell with the puppet master um for anybody Mm. who's seen that series so i kind of like that uh and then yeah but like it's nothing that's super exciting this episode was just kind of like okay cool we're we're three episodes away from the end Mm -hmm. hurrah (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness well I'm looking forward to finishing this. I will yeah. absolutely say that. I want to know how it ends. I've been dying. I waited the entirety of my life. I've waited like 15 years, but still, <laughs> I just want to know how it ends. So I'm very much looking forward to that. These six episodes, I'm happy we did it in a clump because yeah. uh, they didn't I, I could not, do much there, for me. There were probably maybe one of these episodes we could have gotten 30 minutes out of. Mm-hmm. I could not have talked for very long about most of them. Nope. Um. Because, and and like we said earlier, this is sort of why we chose to do it this way. A lot of this has just been sort of repeated throughout the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of these don't really add much new. um, Or maybe we're just not nuanced enough to notice it. (laughs) Which is fine fine with me. (laughs) I mean, if that's the case, absolutely. But I don't think so. I think we're supposed to enjoy it just for what it is. And that's fine. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just... Yeah, it's just not it's just not my thing and that's and that's okay. And I those of you who love Cowboy Bebop, I love that you love that. <laughs> and I actually have really appreciated going on this journey and experiencing the show because there are lots of pieces of it that I really have enjoyed. Um but I'm also ready to be done. Wrap it up. So with that being said, everybody, we have one more episode of Anime Attaché where we are talking about Cowboy Bebop. We are going to wrap up the last three episodes that Mm -hmm. you are not going to want to miss. But in the meantime, if you would like to follow me online, you may do so. I am on Twitter as at B underscore Zelda. Add an extra underscore on the end if you want to follow me on Instagram or remove all of the underscores if you want to follow me on TikTok. I am a TTRPG TTRPG podcaster, streamer, and the community manager for D&D Adventures League. Uh, and I'm Steven. Uh, you can find me on uh, the social medias at the underscore bad DM. Um, that's Twitter and uh, Instagram. And I might have a TikTok. I feel like you do. That's I, Faith Forge has a TikTok. Okay, okay, okay. But cool. I'm not sure if I think I tried to make myself a TikTok once and 
it might be gone. It's not <laughs> worth following me is the point of that. <laughs> um, but also I'm a, a primarily a D&D podcaster uh, and 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 your local anime expert. Um, uh, you can find anything that I do uh, at Fayforge Academy, F-A-E-F-O-R-G-E Academy. Uh, it's magic school, D&D, lots of fun. Bees guested on that show yeah. along with a bunch of other fun people. Um, and I know you all have been missing Kelsey. Um, we have two. Uh-huh. Uh, when is she coming back? She is going to come back at the beginning of season three. Yes! Uh, so, so uh, B, do you want to tell tell the people what we're going to li- listen to? Oh, my Watch. God. Yes. We put out a poll. <laughs> the humans have entered their data, which is to say they voted. And the votes have told us that the magical girl we are watching is not Sailor Moon. It is mm. not. I don't remember what her options were. Those other shows. The other ones. <laughs> it is, in fact, Sard- <laughs> Cardcaptor Sakura. <laughs> I was going to say Sardcaptors. <laughs> Sardcaptors Kasura. <laughs> That's the one. The yep. backwards one. I- I'm so excited for Cardcaptors, though. Like, that was the one that I watched beginning to end as a kid coming home from school every day. Uh, I so love that. it's very formative somehow. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, but yeah, I guess until next time. Yeah, until then, thank you everybody for listening, and uh, we will play you out with some gentle trumpet sounds. <laughs> You did that. I can never take that back now. Nope. Nope. I, I have that. I have that. And I can clip it forever. <laughs> Anime Attaché.